Welcome to Women in Chess, brought to you by Chess Dojo. I think we're good to go. All right. Maybe maybe we go through um, intros before telling the people whether women should play chess or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go first. I go first? You being JB. Sure, sure. Um, well, some of you may have met me a little bit before because I was in the Meet the Dojo with uh, DM Hoki and Kostya uh, during the two week, two week, two week stream, during the two day stream that happened over the one week last weekend. Uh, but I'm JB. Uh, I have started playing chess late November of last year. I've been very much obsessed ever since um, and playing as much as I can. And I'm a woman. Sophie? Hey, I'm Sophie. Um, my pronouns are she, her, and they, them. Um, I do, I'm, I make a lot of content, mostly chess, but sometimes I just make some random content here and there. I'm also a very amateur singer-songwriter, so, you know, <laughs> I do music occasionally, too. Um, but yeah, like, mostly I'm just, you know, I just play chess sometimes, and I talk about it. Oh yeah, maybe we can share, for those who may not know, we can share our, um, uh, our username, chess.com username, so they may uh, recognize us, because I think we all have something different except for Flying Puppy, but I am Jus de Raisin, or as um, Jesse pronounced it, use de Raisin, so that's me, and Sophie is. Um, I'm Comrade Eyelash, as it says. <laughs> In my chess.com profile, I'm not Russian and my name isn't political. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, comrade. Uh, I'm uh, Rosemary, flying puppy dog. This is one of my four puppy dogs. I think he looks like he's going to hack something up. That's not good. This is this is Cody. But um, anyway, now he's <clears throat> he likes to make an appearance in every Zoom. Um, so I've been playing chess seriously since uh, November. Um, I learned chess from my dad when I was um, pretty young and then played with uh, some friends, you know, through high school and then pretty much stopped because I thought that it was hopeless that I would never get better. So uh, this is sort of a challenge to myself to see if I can actually improve at chess or if I, uh, I my brain just doesn't work correctly. I have like better like uh, language skills than I have spatial skills. So the spatial part's difficult for me, but I'm having a blast and I love Let it. Let me game. ask you, is that because you're a woman? It is, you know, <laughs> women just don't have the ability to be as good as men at pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Especially> mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what I thought. Well, that's a great, I think, set of introduction and segue into the topic, um, which is women in chess. Um, and maybe a bit of intro on this topic for everyone too is, uh, and that was a piece of information shared by David that about 30 years ago, there were about one to 5% of women who played chess. And today I, I looked it up quickly and it's closer to 15% today. So a little bit of an increase that's encouraging, but 15% is still a significant, significant gap. 
Um, and so today is where we're talking about this uh, pretty important question. It never even occurred to me that there was any uh, difference between men and women in chess as I, until I got involved with chess.com and looking at the chess world, I uh, never even thought about it. And I can't imagine why it would be. So it never occurred to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the first thing that you kind of point to when it comes to differences between um, genders and their uh, how uh, how many of them take up chess is uh, basically just so social like norms or roles or whatever gender roles um, and like um, sort of how that affects people's like upbringing and uh, whether oftentimes like you know whether they're introduced to the game at a young age or whether they're encouraged to play the game at a young age and um, yeah I mean this kind of goes back to like you know really old traditional gender norms where um, chess was seen as a game for well chess was seen as like an intellectual game and like a, a game that required a lot of like logic and thinking skills and you know that was kind of associated with men so yeah it kind of just back all the way to really traditional gender roles but you know and I don't know just it's interesting to talk about how much that still affects today's society I am surprised that it's still an issue today you know, because it seems like a lot of things have evened out. Um, and there doesn't seem like there's anything particular about chess that would make it seem more like a man's game. It's mm -hmm. not like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> when, you, when you consider the historical factors, it makes sense why it is in the state it is today. But it's true that for me as well, um, I, since I started so recently and before starting to play chess, it wasn't even near my radar of something that I could do. I just hadn't ever thought of this, the possibility of there being a disparity between men and women in chess. And when I first started playing, and to be frank, I think that one of the reasons that actually pushed me to start playing and to be as dedicated as I'm being right now is because I saw the statistics and they were shocking to me, legitimately shocking. I, I took some time for me to wrap my head around the fact that there's about 1600 GMs around the world for men and something like 37 for women. That's an unbelievable number. And, and so when I started playing, you know, it, not that I'm aspiring to ever be anything, but I think that it was sort of a thing of me going into it and thinking, well, let's play some chess, right? Let, let's let's bring those numbers up and hopefully down the road, you know, who, who knows if I coach and if there's more girls or that can be interested. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen when you start playing chess and it's not our role to do that. You shouldn't play chess just to do that. But I think that there's an aspect of it at least in my perspective, where we do have to try to inspire more girls to be involved because otherwise it's just going to be this 15% continuously. Yeah. And it's, again, shocking that there are so few women and girls that are in chess. Yeah, I, 
um, having such a large disparity, I think in particular, makes it really uncomfortable for non-men who are in the chess community. Um, because usually, like, what I think at least is the most important part of representation um, is actually just making it a comfortable environment for anyone who wants to join, regardless of gender or race or whatever, um, you know, underrepresented uh, community, basically. Um, and yeah, like a lot of the time, it's like, just by virtue of being a minority in such a community, like it makes people feel, it makes them feel like they're not um, treated it makes people, well, people are treated differently because of that. And sometimes it's not even like conscious, you know, sometimes it's not like, yeah, like, but people are actually very much treated differently because of that. And, um, like I've, I've personally, um, had many friends who have, uh, like a lot of experiences in that regard. Um, I think I actually have been really lucky in that I haven't faced a lot of, um, you know, I haven't faced a lot of difficulties because of my gender um, and chess, but yeah, mm -hmm. I really have some friends who have gone mm -hmm. through some hardships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I first signed on chess.com, I, I just signed up Rosemary and then um, I was reading the chats and so many people were describing harassment that they had uh, encountered for being female. And um, so I changed my name. I thought, well, I'll make it something gender ambiguous. Um, mm. And although it's still, you can just click on my, <laughs> click on playing puppy dog and it says Rosemary. So uh, it's not a mystery if, uh, if people want to check, but um, I thought it would stop th that in the first instance, but I haven't had any issues at all unless I'm just too oblivious to notice, um, but definitely nothing, nothing direct. I suppose there could be some degree of condescension that I'm not picking up on, but um, I don't think so. And I'm not, you know, I'm older too. So, you know, there's the, there could be, I don't know, age discrimination, I suppose, but um, I definitely haven't encountered anything, anything problematic, definitely no harassment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I will say that I did the same thing. Uh, the fact that, you know, my username and my picture and those things don't tell you right away that I'm a woman is very much on purpose mm -hmm. because I, beyond just mere harassment that you can face, it was also a question of not wanting to even be treated differently, period, right? I don't, I didn't want someone to play against me and somehow play differently because they think they're, they think what they know that they're playing against a woman. And so all of a sudden they're thinking, oh, I'm gonna change the way I play or, oh, I'm gonna to try to chat with them more, not even necessarily in a mean way, but you know, it, it, it does change, it makes a difference if someone is treating you in a way that they wouldn't treat you. Um, and actually uh, ahead, of, ahead of this talk, I did do a, a little bit of, of research and I, I compiled a, a bibliography and I'd be happy to share that maybe on the Discord afterwards there's a lot of really interesting research being done on gender and chess. Um, and there's one particular one that was quite fascinating about the fact that they, 
the, the, the researchers found that men tend to play more aggressively when they're playing against women. Oh. Um, when, when they know who they're playing and they know that it's a woman, they're going to change the way that they play, right? Just even if they don't necessarily do it consciously, it's, it's a way to be assertive. You know, it's, it's all those different societal and gender factors that come in that even if it's not a really negative experience on its face, behind the scenes, you still are treated differently. And, um, and there's always that question too. And that's the problem, right? Is that you will always wonder as a woman if the reason why you're getting a different treatment is because you are a woman. And that I recall someone had mentioned um, Hu Yifan doing a, a bit of a, of a, not boycott, but basically putting out of a tournament, I think, because she thought that something was going on and they were treating her differently she was a woman and so I think there's a lot of that going on in, in the chess community not always just the pure harassment and that's there as well but a lot of the other other issues as well yeah I absolutely agree I do think a lot of it um, is um, probably unconscious on the part of of a lot of men you know sort of a <clears throat> of, uh, just a different way that they behave with women that they may not even be aware of, you know? So that, yeah, I think that it, I'm not surprised that it alters the way that they play a lot of times. It's mm -hmm. interesting. I know since, since this topic came up, I've been doing more reading as well. And it's uh, <clears throat> the idea that women should compete against women and men should compete against men is just so totally peculiar to me in the chess world it doesn't it's not you know it's not football <laughs> it's not tennis you know it's not anything where you could argue that there's a you know physical strength to um and I know a lot of uh, as I've read a lot of women have said I that's ridiculous I don't want to play against just women you know <clears throat> mm -hmm. and I was surprised to find out that there are different titles women's only mm -hmm. titles and then and I I don't know I don't, I don't. Like I that. was as well. I was <laughs> as well. And I, we can talk about this more. I do want more of, um, I think, Sophie's experience on this because she yes. will know for sure about this and have a very well-built opinion about it. But I, I'm still very much struggling to accept the existence of those titles. I think there are, in some sense, a necessary evil, but it's still very demeaning in its intent and essence. But you have you have more knowledge of this, so maybe you can share. Look, you know what's great about women's titles though? Or I mean, first of all, I don't like that they're women's titles. I wish they were, I wish they were inclusive to um, you know, non-binary genders as well. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't so first of all, I don't like the fact that they're just women's titles. But um, apart from that, you know what's great about them is that um, a lot of the time like tournaments give out free entry to, uh, you know, people that have women's titles as well. So yeah, that, and, you know, obviously they are easier than, um, you know, uh, regular or whatever. <laughs> called. I don't know. I don't want to call them regular titles. Um, I, I, for, I forget, but yeah, they're, they're like easier as well. And so that kind of, uh, you know, that, that allows more, um, 
more women to have access to um, tournament or tournaments that they otherwise maybe wouldn't, you know, to pay for or would be able to pay for. So mm-hmm. the main counterpoint, um, sort of, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point I hadn't thought about. I think it would be hard to get rid of them. I was trying to think, how, could you just do away with them? But then what happens to the women who have those titles? Um, and I, they're just, I know, it's a, it's a tough one. And I think that, you know, you're bringing up the, the non-binary issue too, is if we just have, I guess if we have, I don't know what to call those other titles either. I guess they're the sort of all-encompassing titles, but um, you have women, men, and then are you, I don't know. I just don't, I, I understand what you're saying. And I think that's, that is nice that it, it uh, allows women to get involved um, in various tournaments where they might not otherwise, because things aren't really on equal footing yet. But um, I, I don't like the fact that it sets up a distinction. Like there's mm-hmm. a grandmaster, there's a woman grandmaster and you don't have to be as good. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, I didn't know about the economic aspect of getting into tournaments for free and you probably would likely get sponsorships easier as well in these kinds of elements. So that matters a lot, right? That's important. And in terms of getting women into open tournaments where they can maybe go for the norms of the uh, inclusive titles for both men and women, and everything in between, um, that's great. That's absolutely a necessary, and that's why I say you know a necessary evil. Because if you are wanting to push more and more women to be there, you need some incentives at this stage. So it's a really important point. What I will say though, as well, and, and back in when they were created, I think in I want to say the 70s, but I don't know that I know enough about that. Um, but the intent was very much about, you know, we know that there's not enough women in the game. We want to create something that brings them in. And so those were created. But again, the question of, of the distinction gets made, right? And, and the continuation of those beliefs that certain people have that women can never be as good as men. That some may make it, you know, you'll cite Polgar, you'll cite a GM here, a GM there. But they're they're the outliers. They're they're the extraordinary women, right? They're not the norm. Um, and GMs, men, men GMs, are understood to not be the norms as well. But it's almost less impressive for them, right? It's impressive, but it's 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 an impressive feat of a man who is able to reach their potential. Whereas for a woman, it's almost wow, you know, you succeeded where no one thought you could succeed. You've you've it's out of the imagination that this could ever be reached um, when really it's the questions of everything in between the participation, the social factors that that make it so women can't be as comfortable and successful in chess are, are so intrinsic to that. And the numbers, the, the low numbers reinforce that idea that it's an amazing accomplishment for a woman. It's like, well, there are only, you know, this handful of women who have reached the grandmaster status. So it, it must be an extraordinary feat. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that it is, right? It is an extraordinary feat, but it is for men as well. It's an extraordinary feat to get to the GM level for anybody or to get to the IM level 
or to get master at all. Or to get no, it is. You know, I see <laughs> David is not agreeing. But my point is that it is. Right? You you need a certain dedication that not everyone is able to do. And you you're in the top however many percent in chess. And yes, chess is a small world, but it's still a world in in and of its own. And so it's a feat. The the question is that you need to celebrate it on equal level. And when we get to that celebration on equal level, and that's why, you know, for me, the, I, I, I get so irked with those titles, is that you can only really reach parity and, and say that you've reached parity once you have the same celebration for everyone, once you consider the achievement the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. that's, that's where I stand from. Yeah, um, I've always kind of, been on the fence about these titles. Um, I don't think I really have like a clear opinion on whether we should just get rid of them or whether we should keep them. I've always kind of been more or less on the fence because, um, you know, I think in principle we shouldn't have them like ideally. Um, and I would like to see FIDE uh, get rid of them once we have uh, equal representation and, you know, everyone's kind of on more so like of an equal playing field. Um, I would like to see that happen. But then like, as, as you were saying earlier, um, JV, I think, yeah, um, the economic factors are, you know, a pretty convincing reason to keep the titles, especially given that um, women in general make less, um, you know, at, make less money, generally speaking, um, you know, and so that makes, so that makes like, um, that makes it kind of even better um, that like, we have uh, women's titles and oftentimes they get free entry into tournaments um, because of those titles as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a there was a question in the chat asking what will it take to get rid of those titles, and it's a tough question because it's not like there's a one single path. I think that where you can say specifically you do this, 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 no more women's titles. Everyone is on the same on the same level. Everyone's considered the same level. Obviously, there's a lot that needs to change, and it's not like you can just get rid of the titles and expect this to be better because all of a sudden it's everyone has to reach the same title. So everyone gets the same respects and the same expectations. That's not quite how it works. Um, my perspective is that it all happens when children are being you know, very ed educated at their young age. Um, I was reading this other article where the clear link that they made was that it wasn't so much a question of biology. It wasn't so much societal factors. It wasn't necessary money, et cetera, the most strong, the strongest link that they could make to, to explain where there was such a drastic difference between the amount of women playing chess and men playing chess is actually the number of girls being put into chess at a young age with boys being put into chess younger and typically persevering for longer during their school years than girls. And so to me, that's, that's a fascinating aspect because my personal experience when I was in France is that chess was never an option. You know, we don't have clubs like there are in the US. We don't have all of those things. Typically it's you go to school, maybe you play a sport, but it'll never be in the same spheres and 
unless your own parents are the ones who want to put you into something, you won't get to experience that one thing, right? And so I would have never had the chance to experience chess because my parents never experienced chess. And I think for a lot of, of um, children in general, not just girls in this case, but typically I'll come to that, right? I'll come to what are your parents aware of? What can they um, look to for their children? And what is the education uh, that's available to them giving to the children? Um, and, and then for that education, also not discriminate and have clubs where they give maybe a bit more support to the boys and to the girls because they think the boys will be more successful, et cetera, right? I think there are a lot of different factors at play that um, I hadn't really thought about, but uh, as society at large, and I don't remember my school having a chess club or not, especially not at the elementary school level, but uh, I'm pretty sure we didn't. Um, but uh, I wasn't much of a joiner at that time. But I wonder, you know, because it's largely male, then Sometimes girls are discouraged if they get involved and then it's, you know, they don't feel like they really fit in. There's so many different levels of uh, making it happen. And, and I don't, you know, I, I don't know if it's something, it takes, it takes a pretty single-minded drive to get, you know, up to, you know, titled levels. And I, Oh, I was listening to a podcast interview with someone the other day who had aspired. It was one of the young women from Brooklyn Castle. It was a documentary about chess in a school. Um, and she had said she wanted to be the first African-American female grandmaster. And then in this interview, she had gone to college and she was interested in lots of things. She, she got very interested in social justice. She planned to go to law school. And so, you know, she was interested in chess, but not solely chess you know and I wonder if that's the case for a lot of people where there are many many things in the world that seem worth pursuing and maybe not just chess you know and especially given that it's probably not the easiest thing to make a living at you know not everyone who plays chess uh, or pursues chess is going to be a professional chess player or able to turn it into a lucrative twitch channel well uh, there are lots of different factors, so I, I don't know that I. I mean, I think probably the titles will change when there's some, if there's some big shift in society as a whole, because there's so many uh, factors all along the way that are going to have an impact. I can definitely relate to that, like um, being interested in chess, but also being interested in a lot of other topics as well and wanting to pursue a lot of other things and I guess I I mean I, with my personal case um I actually can't see myself I I think I think I'm more likely to end up uh pursuing chess but like not as like a professional player but more so as uh somebody who kind of like, I don't know exactly how, but gets involved in, um, you know, maybe writing articles or chess organizing or, um, yeah, just, you know, being more of like a chess activist than like um, a professional chess player, I guess, because I'm also really interested in, you know, things like 
social justice and um, other issues related to chess that aren't necessarily like playing chess. Like I also have interests in um, like anti-cheating hmm. as well. And um, just many other areas that I think can connect to chess, but aren't like just playing chess. Yeah. So it's really hard to, I don't know, like <laughs> I want to get as good as I can, like, um, uh, but I mean, there's just so many other things I want to do that aren't just strictly chess. So it's pretty hard to kind of balance everything. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting point. I think it's, I don't know, I, I think it's hard to be single-mindedly devoted to any one thing, you know, it's, well, it is for me, <laughs> but, um, well, I think chess, uh, activism, chess advocacy, like you said, is a really good thing. Chess education, you know, trying to change some of the, um, the factors that do go into females being underrepresented you know, like getting involved in the educational system, presenting chess at a younger age. My niece wants to learn chess, you know, I could have an impact on one person. <laughs> but, Here's my, I have a question, um, Sophie, because you're saying, you know, that you got interested in other things. Was part of it though, the fact that maybe you didn't see a prospect in being, in continuing to play chess and being a professional because there are so, few examples of women who make it and so it's harder to imagine yourself in those shoes um I don't I don't think I consciously ever have that thought um I just don't think in general that it was likely for me to get good enough to be a professional player um like I can try I could try to improve as much as I can but I'm not counting on it um that's just not very likely uh, especially with, you know, college, I'm, I'm about to go to college this year, you know, it's going to be kind of, uh, you know, I hope I won't have to quit chess is all I'll say. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I'm trying to remember, like, I, I guess what else was I going to say? Like, um, yeah, I also just kind of, yeah, I, I guess the more I played chess, uh, the more I, you know, didn't think I would love it enough to take it up professionally. Like I love chess for a lot of reasons, but I, I think if I were to take it up professionally, that would just kind of be very bad for my, for my mental health, honestly. So that's, yeah, that's sort of the second reason that I thought it, you know, it's probably not for me. Um, I mean, maybe making, maybe I'd end up making a living, um, uh, with something related to chess, but not like by being a professional player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously that's like a really far-fetched question. Uh, so mm -hmm. I can't make any promises about anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting is there are, there are so many times that there's something that we love, um, but it probably if we did it for a living, we might come to feel quite differently about it. <laughs> you know, people who make their, like their hobbies, their profession, uh, and it doesn't go well. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've seen that with music a lot of times. People, our amateur musicians love playing music and then 
if they had to do it for a living or they do do it for a living and then they find they just resent it, you know, it's not fun anymore. So, um, yeah. yeah, that hits pretty hard personally as, as another amateur musician. <laughs> yeah, I'm an amateur musician too. <laughs> and I don't think I'd want to be, you know, on the road all the time touring and, you know, I get stressed if I have to play, you know, twice in a whole weekend or something. <laughs> like, it's too much. Yeah, I feel the same way, pretty much. <laughs> so I'm looking for our list of topics. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Sure. Hi, can you hear me? Sorry, I was frozen for a bit. I can hear you. Okay, so I, I, lost, I lost you all for, for a minute there. Um, I think maybe a, a question that I'd be curious to is, so we're talking about this topic, a lot of people are talking about this topic. Um, and I think that the reason why is because there's been this huge boom of chess this year for however many reasons, you know, Queen's Gambit being one of them, the switch boom being another, COVID being uh, perhaps the main one and people having to do something with their time in life. Uh, do you expect that with the years to come, this is gonna be a huge catalyst for more women and girls in chess? Mm. I, I hope so. Um, I, was, I was wondering if you were gonna say, will the numbers drop off? you know, after that's, that's also a valid question, yeah. Because we had the big boom with the Queen's Gambit sort of coinciding a bit with COVID. And then, uh, so there's a big, uh, like chess boomers. And, and then, yeah, whether it will, uh, whether it will dwindle, whether, whether people will drop away, which I, I think they might. But I, um, for your question, I, I would think that it might actually, because I do think um, actually, um, I'm on Facebook and uh, I see a lot of um, sort of chess ads pop up and they feature little girls a lot more um, of girls wanting to emulate, you know, the Queen's Gambit or, you know, so they, they seem to feature girls, which to me, are, we're sort of more, there's a, a move to target the um, young girl audience to get girls interested in chess earlier on. And um and again, you know, they have this sort of like a, you know, a female superhero that they can uh, look at and say, oh, oh, I want to be like her. And mm -hmm. it's always hard when you don't have role models that you can relate to. So it's something that kind of makes it cool. Um, so I would think that I would expect maybe overall the numbers of people involved in chess to drop off. But I would think that there's a high likelihood that there would be a, an increase of females. I think that the more attention there is to chess in general, the more attention there will also be to more equal um, gender representation within the chess community, um, especially given that um, chess on Twitch is probably like the biggest, um, you know, the most popular uh, or, or like sort of the most common way that new players uh, have discovered chess these days. And um, a lot of like the most popular streamers are also 
female. Um, like, I mean, Alexandra Botez and Andrea Botez and um, Chiyu, Joe, Nemsko. Um, mm-hmm. you know, th- yeah, those are some, you know, big names. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of, um, yeah, there's probably going to be like a lot more attention, um, you know, and when it comes to like just, yeah, getting more non-men into chess, I think, especially um, since a lot of um, strong, um, at, at least like women that I've seen, like, um, I, I feel like there hasn't really been that much attention on just like, um, you know, non-binary people in the chess community, but, you know, I, I can speak for, like, there's definitely been a lot of attention, or a lot of, like, um, a lot of movements that get more women in chess, at least, especially because a lot of um, strong uh, women players who, like, maybe aren't strong enough to be professionals, um, but also, but have, like, you know, entertaining personalities and stuff have, um, become popular through streaming. I was going to start a Twitch show called I Suck at Chess. <laughs> a lot of people watching and be like, you can watch me suck, you know, <laughs> watch, well, wow. look at the, watch me try to do puzzles. You know, I thought that would be like a very entertaining, it's like a, a very different thing. Like, you know, <laughs> still have fun. <laughs> Is that where Chess Dojo Life got the idea for the scrubs? Because if so, I can find you a lawyer so that you can sue them. <laughs> actually am a lawyer <laughs> oh well, there you go <laughs> look at that it works out perfectly <laughs> i could see um, i i was wondering too uh, are we all in north america i am <laughs> okay so because that's it that's also an important point and caveat to put through all of this conversation yeah. is that the perspectives we're giving are very much the North American or Western perspective on the current situation of chess and, and women, et cetera, because it, in other countries, I think the situation is different, not necessarily better per se, but definitely different. And the vision of what chess is and the, what women can do in chess is uh, likely different. I think I was reading that Georgia and Vietnam have some of the most egalitarian programs when it comes to gender and, and chess. Um, mm. And so you, you take countries, right, that you, that you don't usually necessarily hear in the conversation about women in chess, because typically you hear from uh, perhaps North American, European and Russian chess players who give their opinions and you don't necessarily hear about the perspectives of all of the other countries of the world and all of the other cultures and societies and realities that are around the world. So that's a huge point to keep in mind when discussing where to go is that you can't give a one-stop solution for every program around the world to make sure that girls are more involved in chess from a young age, right? FIDE can't all of a sudden tomorrow say, listen, we created this program and we're going to implement it everywhere and it's going to work everywhere and it's going to be fantastic. Queen's Gambit, all of the girls are going to be Beth Harmon. No, it's not going to, that's not going to succeed. And at the end of the day, it'll be, it'll be, you know, resources poorly utilized. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that once the conversation continues, not only there's 
kept in mind the notion of gender, but also kept in mind the notion of uh, diversity and inclusion in terms of solutions. You can't consider chess. Chess is such an international game. And that's the beauty of it. It's amazing when you're on chess.com and I'm here in Canada and I'm playing someone uh, from Tunisia or from Nigeria or from New Zealand. You know, it's really great to see that. But it's always a reminder that we, we have to consider that their chess federation, their chess culture has to be different. There's probably also a lot we can learn from uh, countries that have like really um, sort of egalitarian like programs and um, just representation in general. There's, yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about like how, you know, it works in like Georgia and Vietnam, as you were saying. I, I don't know anything about those uh, chess in those two countries specifically, but I'm sure there's definitely like a lot we can learn from that um, just as, the, you know, the chess community in general and um, a lot that we can take away from kind of studying um, how uh, studying chess culture in um, countries that where like there's, you know, much more like equal representation between genders. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of countries, this isn't directly related to the women in chess issue, but uh, introducing uh, many countries emphasize um, or have chess as part of a, a school curriculum more or uh, more involvement so that uh, they understand the benefit that chess has on um, developing minds and developing certain skills. So I know um, I've been reading about many countries have much more of an emphasis on chess in the schools. And the US is certainly start, you know, doing some of that, but not as, not as much. It's not as sort of like, you know, taking music and the arts out of schools as, you know, budgets get cut. It's something that's not a priority, even though we know that it has a huge impact on the developing mind. Um, um, I think chess education oh, would be good. Yeah, this is really interesting because um, in the U.S. specifically, I think, um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure about like other like quote unquote like Western countries, um, but I, I know in the U.S. specifically, the U.S. has kind of had a lot of uh, kind of a. Uh, uh, anti-intellectual culture in a sense where like, at least historically, I feel like it's improving now, but historically we, we've all, we've kind of had uh, anti-intellectualism has been a pretty like large problem where, you know, sort of the culture where chess, chess players were seen as nerds and like, you know, nerds were like always, you know, you know, they, they were the ones who tend to be bullied more in school and like made fun of because um, I don't know, like, I, I don't, I don't really get it. Like, I mean, definitely it's better now. Like, I don't think there's as much of that anymore. Um, but yeah, like anti-intellectualism has long been like a, a pretty big problem in American culture, at least. I don't know about in Canada, if you can attest to that, um, JB, but. Everything's wonderful in Canada. No, it's not. I can tell you all about how it's not, but 
Um, unfortunately, I didn't grow up here, actually. I grew up in France. Um, I've been in Canada for about 10 years now, but so I can't have you know anything on personal experience about what's going on in schools and especially what's going on with chess in schools. Um, but same problems are here. Unfortunately, same problems are everywhere when it comes to schooling and bullying and the kinds of uh, experiences that, that all children have, sometimes girls more because of one or two reasons. Um, but I think that definitely addressing those issues is part of the key questions of what to do to make sure that women feel more comfortable playing chess, right? It's not so much just put girls in a club where they can play chess, you have to make sure they stay there. You have to make sure they want to stay there. It's not just their parents keeping them there just for the fact that their girls are playing chess, right? It has to be a desire to continue because they are challenged because they feel welcomed by their colleagues that are playing with them, boys, girls, professors, whomever it may be, right? And so that's definitely part of how to keep women in chess in the long term is you have to address what's going on in schools and what's going on when they're very young and the expectations that are there, make sure that they're just as well supported as boys may be. Um, I will say a quick, un, un, kind of unrelated thing, but there was a, a mention, I think, by, by Marco in the chat about the top women being 2,400 and why that, that was. Um, quick fact check, the top women is actually over 2,600. I don't know the specifics, but the top women in chess is, is has no shame to have. She's very strong, um, and and I'm sure that she could be stronger. But I've read some articles and interviews from her, and she's saying that she's trying to focus on coaching and teaching and these kinds of things, which is understandable. Um, but that's that's an example right there, right? There's a bit of misinformation about what women are able and capable to do as well, and it's not, you know, it's it's okay. I don't want to make this person feel bad necessarily. It, if you don't know, you just didn't know, but. Women can very much be strong, can be over 2,600. I don't know what the rating was when Judith Holger was playing, but she was toe-to-toe -to -toe with everybody else at the top. She played in the candidates, I believe. So it's not a question of potential. It's not a question of potential for sure. I don't believe that. I think it's a question of the kind of support and just participation and everything else that goes around women playing chess and the societal and economic factors that are around that too. Yeah. Oh, a hundredth player. Okay, not the top player, the one hundredth player. I see. Mm. Reading um. the chat. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm curious about what what you know the discussion is going on at the same time. But I think my answer still fits that question though. The hundredth player for women is twenty four hundred. Why is that? Well. The question isn't so much why it's there, the 2400, uh, the question is why are there so few women in chess that the 100th top woman is only 2400? That's sort of the framing that should happen. We shouldn't be shocked at the number and say that women are less good at chess because the 100th woman is only, quote unquote, only 2400. We should wonder, oh, Maybe there's a problem and there's not enough women because we could probably see a spike in uh, numbers when we get there. You know, every every researcher will tell you that it's a lot easier to find extremes, extreme numbers in a sample when that sample is bigger. The more numbers you have, 
the higher numbers you'll get at the end of the day, right? Men, you have 600,000 or 600,000 men signed up for fee day. Automatically, just by pure statistics, you'll have more people that are over 2,400. It just works out that, yeah, that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I'm wondering, um, should we start taking questions from the chat if we haven't already? I mean, I guess we kind of, we, yeah, we took like one question or something. I have been keeping an eye on it. <laughs> I don't know if there's a specific question maybe that had been prepared that we didn't answer. Would you be interested in playing in a women only tournament was one question. Ooh. I don't I don't know to I, I, I wouldn't be able to answer that question. You Rosemary? I don't know. I'm not generally interested in doing women only things. I don't it's not really how I see the world. But um, I suppose it's possible. I wouldn't say no. I just don't really like the idea of it being separated out. So. Mm -hmm. well, if we've experienced sexism in the dojo. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, okay, like, I guess I have a different perspective because I've actually participated in a lot of uh, women's and girls tournaments. Um, I love them. They're some of my favorite tournaments ever. Um, I don't know why. I can't really put into words why I love them so much, but you know, I do. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, so I don't know. It's, I guess that's part of the reason that for me, it's kind of hard to say like, oh, we should just get rid of that, even if it makes sense logically. Um, because I've personally like had really good experiences with women's and girls tournaments. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think another part of the reason, I guess, if I were to try to uh, rationalize why like I think these tournaments are really necessary is because, yeah, like I said, um, uh, actually, um, women and also like non-men more generally speaking are a minority and I think and I like I've personally known so many um particularly uh women who have faced harassment and who have yeah who, who've faced like discrimination and like sometimes like even worse things <laughs> if we want to go there um because you know like just the fact that there is such a small minority you know it's kind of already just by virtue of that just makes it kind of an unfriendly environment for them and um you know i like i've heard i heard i've heard i've heard so many like stories where they you know some some guy was really creepy to like, um, to some people that I knew and, or like, you know, they, they were harassed in some way. I've, I've heard just so many stories. And like, I think having tournaments um, where non-male players can feel safe and um, 
where they don't really have to worry as much about like about those things is, you know, there's some value to that. That's a really good point. And I, yeah, I can totally see that. Um, I think that's true of, you know, underrepresented groups in general. It's nice to sometimes just be with people without being the minority, uh, especially if it's a situation where, you know, you're going to be facing discrimination or sexism of some sort. Um, I can totally see how it would be a much, it could be a, a much more pleasant experience. So yeah, that's a really good point, Sophie. Mm -hmm. yeah. For me, I, when I say I struggle to answer the question, is that I see all of the points that Sophie is making, which is why I can't say no, right? I, I would want to say no because I'm so strongly for parity and for everyone just sort of being on the same level, but at the same time, you, once you, until you're experienced what it is to be, you know, playing chess in a room where maybe you see two other women with you and however many men, and so you, your eyesight can't see anything else, you don't know how you're gonna experience that, right? You don't know how, how it's gonna change the game perhaps because psychologically it makes it different. You don't know um, you know how they're gonna act around you, how you're gonna act around them. So it's, it's so tough to have that question answer. And the, I will say one, one quick thing too, is that someone asked about, would you wear a, a headscarf if you were playing in a country that requires it because of religion or culture? And that's not, again, that's not quite the question to ask. The question to ask is, think about it, right? Women who have to go play in certain countries can't play similarly to men because they'll have to follow certain rules that men don't have to follow. And so automatically it will impact their ability to even perhaps participate in those tournaments. Or if they're participating, they'll have to, you know, be accompanied by men when they're walking outside or all of these other factors that is likely to hinder participation. I probably wouldn't want to sign up for a tournament like this. And so automatically I don't get the, the opportunity to play at those tournaments. I don't get the opportunity to get my norms or to get my ratings and I can't be as successful, right? Right. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. Definitely. <laughs> Do we have any sense of, of the composition of the dojo members, male to female or male? I like Sophie's term, non-man, mm -hmm. <laughs> men to non-men. <laughs> That's a good question. I wouldn't know. Uh, well, I don't have, I just see people's usernames. I have no idea who's who, you know, what, uh, what sex they are. Maybe they we should. Oh, sorry. I, I, I feel like I keep cutting you off. I don't know why. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I think um, it would be kind of cool if we could do probably an anonymous poll would be best because some people might not want to share. Um, like, I mean, publicly, that is. So yeah, that that would be interesting. So mm -hmm. John David. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if, if Twitch even has those analytics. I know that YouTube sometimes has gender, but of course you don't have to actually say the truth or share that. And so it's tough to, tough to gauge. But I think regardless of the composition, the assumption is always that it's the men on the other side. <laughs> I have surprised my fair share of men when they hear my voice. 
<laughs> or when they, you know, they see us here now on 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 the screen, and they might be surprised that it's uh, it's a woman. Same. Yeah, I have. I've, um, and I always just. I think I, I yeah I always assume it's a man on the other side. Uh, that seems mm -hmm. to be the norm. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I've had people go, you know, oh dude, tough break, you know, which I mean, dude can mean many things <laughs> these days, but yeah. <laughs> you know, tough break, man, or 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 every now and then, good game, dude, you know. But <laughs> but but I think that their assumption is that I'm male as well, which. Uh. Uh, I'm with me. I think like that's something that would be kind of um that maybe we should mention like how you know because a lot of the time the assumption is that like um the person that you're playing especially if you don't know um because it's like online or something a, a lot of times it's like most people are male therefore like you know I think it's therefore some people think it's safe to assume that their opponent's um a, a guy you know like um and a lot of the time that shows up in like chess articles and chess books where like the default pronoun is uh, when talking about like um, just like generally speaking, not like referring to a certain player, but the general is to say like he, um, like, you know, like, so that's, that's something that, I mean, I guess it's, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people might dismiss that as a small semantics thing, but it is something that shows up in a lot of chess books and you know it's a, it's something that i think is worth you know mentioning absolutely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we may be a bit over time i don't know how this works in yeah, terms of our timing are we supposed to just wrap up <laughs> in conclusion <laughs> Well, you say that, if you tell me that I can end whenever I feel like it, I'll talk forever. <laughs> I'm I can talk about this forever. I'm, I'm supposed to go to a friend's house for Easter dinner. So I will need to wrap up, <laughs> unfortunately, because I could keep talking forever too. This is fun. Mm -hmm. No, we can. I mean, maybe the, the last point to mention, and I don't know if one of you can share about this or have an idea, but it's... Um, it was brought up that a lot of the time also what hinders participation for women is that they in many cultures tend to have the responsibility to care for children and so obviously when you start raising children you're not playing chess anymore uh, or at least probably not as much as you should be to be successful as in you know i am or gm so i think it's one of those societal factors you know of, uh, of women being expected to do more, you know, more of a variety, even if, even if they work, they often have primary childcare responsibility or primary responsibility for many things around the home. It's, it's, it's not always uh, shared equally or equitably. So um, I think that there are a lot of factors that probably prevent women from, uh, again, being able to have sort of that, that focus, you know, to, to devote a significant amount of time just to to uh, to chess or to any you know to any hobby. But, um, and there's so many different factors at play. It's crazy. Yeah, I totally totally agree. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's so much more that we could probably go on about for hours. But yeah, 
We should do this again. <laughs> but so to the answer we posed at the beginning, we, we, we've kept everyone waiting, but so do, can women play chess? Do we belong in chess? I still don't know. <laughs> I don't know, that, that is the big question. I don't know. Perhaps we hmm. should take a dojo vote. Right, <laughs> right. We, we leave it to the men of the dojo to decide. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, oh. yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna start using non-man all the time. I just, I love that term. Right, I do like that. <laughs> maybe maybe we end by um, a hopeful note. What do we all hope for in terms of women in chess? And in terms of this discussion we've had today with everyone in dojo. Um, I hope to eventually um, see, you know, more equal representation. And also, you know, I hope to eventually get to a point where like we don't, really have any logical purpose for uh, gender specific titles or tournaments and where um, we could just have chess, you know, non-gender non specific chess. Sounds great. Um, yeah, I think um, I'd like to see chess education in schools really uh, become much more prevalent. Um, and I think that um, so that kids get involved early, especially girls get involved early. And I think um, I think the Queen's Gambit did a, a lot for that. And I think being able to look up and see more females in chess and letting girls know that there are more females in chess and that it's cool. Is, I think that just goes a really long way. Um, just like, you know, women in rock music you know when you start women in any you know thing where you see women where they weren't traditionally represented and then girls go wow that's so cool I could do that you know you have an icon to look up to so I think more representation I think it continues to grow um that would that would be my hope mm -hmm. yeah I'll, I'll echo all of that my hope is definitely that as well my hope is also that um the environment, you know, gets safer for everyone, uh, and that um, the conversation keeps going. That's my hope. My hope is that we stop making assumptions that a lot of people make. We stop even asking questions about those assumptions because the question that shouldn't be about are women good or are women not good. The question should be: the reality is there are fewer women who play. Let's get more women to play, and then maybe we can talk about the distinctions that we find once we have an actual comparison to make. But right now, there is no comparison to make. There simply isn't enough material to compare it to. So that's my my hope, and I I hope this conversation was uh, interesting to everybody and brought perhaps some new perspectives. Me too. I'm thankful for David for setting it up. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, thank you so much for. Um, the opportunity and you know um, getting to talk to everybody here and getting to just have this conversation spread the message spread the word yeah um, yeah I really appreciate it and it was nice to meet um, both of you JB and Rosemary nice to meet both of you mm -hmm. yeah thank you for sharing all that you shared <laughs>